When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back folks to another episode uh mason could not join us tonight he is i think they call it midterms it's been uh, feels like seven eight years since i've been in college so i think it's midterms going on right now he's very busy uh i think he's got an exam in the morning so he could not make it and that's unfortunate because we have a lot to talk about i'm just kidding uh but we did have a little bit to talk about with the pel uh not the pelicans sorry uh the penguins uh that was a great game and we'll get to that in a second um, our co-host actually today is my cat Tron because it's too cold outside for Tron to be outside. And I know uh, all you Canadians are probably having a laugh at that, but um, we it's a it's a bit colder tonight. Let's see. Let's see what it is for us down here. Um, yeah, let's all have a laugh. So it is 54 degrees Fahrenheit. So. Uh, I'm not going to do the math to figure that out, even though I could, but it's pretty cool for my cat. They're not used to that shit and she's getting up there in age and, um, she gets a little uncomfortable when it gets too cold for her liking nowadays. Uh, and she sits outside the door and she's an outside cat. She likes, to uh, come inside every now and then, but when it does get cold, she does, uh, she does force herself inside, and I feel bad. I never want to see her just sitting by the door. She's a little old lady, uh, and she deserves everything she wants. And uh, so Celsius, it is 12 degrees. I'm sure you guys are having a big laugh that that's not shit. Um, and it's not shit to me, but to this cat, it is. So she is. she has made herself at home in front of the computer so if you hear little bells or uh something touching the mic or me having to move the mic it's because this cat is um is needing in need of attention but uh just because we don't have mason tonight you know i reached out to a couple of our friends and our buddy richie of richie and Corey, sporty with Corey, richie and Corey. jesus did i fuck that up but um richie's gonna come on today and we're going to talk a little bit about the Arizona Coyotes since we're playing them uh, tomorrow, which is, I guess, today when you guys hear this. No, it will be Thursday, so it'll, it'll be tomorrow for you guys. Um, so, yeah, we got Richie coming up on uh, pretty soon. I think he's going to be joining us in a little bit. I think he's just got home. But uh, in the meantime, let's talk about that game. 
Okay, so if you had listened to the last episode, uh, we kind of anticipated um, the Penguins game a little bit. We talked about Jeff Petrie, and honestly, I feel terrible because I was so I, I so highly I thought so highly of um, I thought so highly of Ryan Paling. I completely forgot that he also went to Pittsburgh. Um, so this was a, a bittersweet day for those two, and I, I mean, I guess for both both sides of it. Um, you know, we talked in the last episode a little bit of length of, of Jeff Jeff Petrie's career as a as a Canadian, and you know, I might be an outlier. I think Mason is uh is a little bit more of a middleman, but I feel like I'm more of an outlier uh and the appreciation for Jeff Petrie. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, uh there was there was booing. I didn't catch the beginning of the game, but uh, from what I saw, people were saying there was a lot of boos, it was a lot of claps, but um all I got to say about this, and this is just my point of view, but Jeff Petrie plays his entire career in Canada. Um, COVID happens. And after all this time, he's never been in like a home location. And I mean, like the U.S. Uh, he's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, so for me, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Jeff Petrie's Jesus, Sean, watch the tale. He's 34. He's he's about to be 35. He's played his entire career in Canada. And I'm sure he's not upset at that. Um, you know, but he's never he's never been close to home in a sense. And I I, I mean Michigan sure has got to be close, but I guess what I'm saying is is that when COVID hits, you know, the world stopped. You couldn't see family members, especially as an athlete. You was either you stayed and played. Or, you know, you didn't. And Jeff Petrie has to make a fucking living and people upset, you know, just two years prior, he was talking about signing a, a no a no trade clause. Um, and now, you know, after the effects of, of COVID, you know, him and his family want to be in in the US or at least closer to home. I I don't know why people are so upset about that other than they feel betrayed, but Jeff Petrie gave his all here. He, I respect him for speaking out against a terrible situation that they were in last season. And I can't fault the guy who played his entire career in Canada to want to go home after COVID, or at least in the States, where if something like this happens again, he's not having to cross the border. He's not having to wait as long. And I don't know, maybe, stop drawing, Jesus. Uh, maybe that's a little one-sided for me. But I, I think Jeff Petrie earned our respects. I think he's one of the top defensemen, one of the top Montreal Canadiens in the past decade. Um, if, if you don't believe me, just check his fucking numbers. If, if you're not a big stat guy, uh, he might not have been the greatest leader, but he was one of our leaders, you know, and, and whether, you know, you thought he wasn't vocal enough about it or was vocal about the wrong things, or if you're one of those people that that, you know, blame his wife, well, maybe his wife wanted him to be close to his family. Jeff Petrie, you know, I, about the mental, you know, like he's a very mental guy. He, he plays a lot in his head. So, you know, why not be somewhere that's comfortable? COVID fucked everything. So why be upset with Jeff Petrie when you could just be upset with poor management and COVID? But um, people are going to believe what they want. Well, it's not believing. People are going to feel how they want, and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, 
tremendous amount of hate for Jeff Petrie, and I'm sure a lot of people were super excited that in this game that we've yet, yet to talk about, but in this Penguins game, um, all three of um, all three of the penalties, and I believe there was only three, but all the penalties were on Jeff Petrie, and I feel like the Canadians isolated that really well to make sure. I guess he pulled that. Yes, it was three of them for him. Um, and they didn't score on any of the power plays. So tremendous, tremendous ups for the Canadians penalty kill, but good on the, good on the Canadians for luring Jeff Petrie into doing some of the shit he did. Like, um, I think it was on, it was either on Suzuki or Evans. Um, you know, he was kind of lost his step and forced to force his stick in front and just kind of caught that penalty. But uh, quickly, you know, the game starts like it's a, not even two minutes in, um, everyone's already nervous because, um, Jesus, why am I blanking? Uh, Jake Allen is not in the game. Um, I think it was just a sickness. It wasn't anything. He's not hurt or anything like that. But uh, this organization's fans don't like Sean Montembeau, uh, especially Mason, who I'm sure is upset that I'm not digging into him. I thought Montembeau – struggled a little bit in the games but had tremendous moments but before we before we get to the moment that I'm thinking of um quick goal by I think his last name's Heinen it's like a minute into the fucking game two minutes into the game uh it gets called back it hits the post but never goes in uh great great for the fucking Canadians great to get uh Montembeau kind of back in the rhythm uh same period makes a, a you know a, a kick save to the right and then I don't know how, but it's a 50-50 puck. The Penguins win it. They're really good at winning those. Uh, and it, it sh- the puck shoots across to the other side, forcing Montembeau to make a uh, cross-crease cross save that was pretty pretty athletic. I'll just say that. Uh, anyway, uh, the second second period, I mean, it was it was tough on the Canadians. I mean, I thought we played okay. But uh, Evgeny Malkin's first goal, uh, it was it was a good goal. You know, it, it was pretty far back. I feel like uh, Montembeau could have stopped that one, but I'm not, I'm not going to hang his head over for that. Uh, but it being that far away from the dot, I feel like you had a lot of time to see it. I don't remember if there was any interference in front of the net to where he couldn't have stopped it. But the second one, the second one's actually made of beauty. Um, Evgeny Malkin gets away from Nick Suzuki a little bit, and the puck is like more or less parallel with uh, Montembeau. And I think it's uh, I think it's Rust makes like a back pass that just goes straight across the crease. And if Montembeau had saw it, could easily have poked it, put his glove on it, smothered it up, but goes straight across to a you know hauling ass wide open Evgeny Malkin who just puts it in the net. I can't fault Montembeau in that. That's just a slip in the defense. But uh, start of the third, uh, about I think it's like two minutes in, maybe like a minute thirty in. Uh, Nick Suzuki with pretty close to uh the same goal he scored the other night, um, but shoots a very hard shot right off a uh, um uh, the Smith's. I want to say it's his right pad. And it pops up, but it doesn't completely go in. I don't even understand. Maybe he kicked back and it forced it to the other side of the crease. Nick Suzuki goes from behind the net and just makes sure, solidifies that goal. Unreal. The last two goals have been Nick Suzuki. 
Um, I think he's going to be off to a great start. But kudos to Caden Gooley, and I wish Mason was here. He could go a little bit more in-depth into it. But uh, Caden Gooley had a phenomenal game. I really think he's going to be sticking around. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. But um, Caden Gooley forced uh, Sidney Crosby to zero points. Zero points. He also did the same for um, against Ovechkin. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Austin Matthews as well. So uh, Caden Gooley's been just phenomenal. Uh, but to continue on, it's still a 2-1 game. This is what I love about this team and what I love about Martin St. Louis. Martin St. Louis calls a timeout you know, slows the game down, has a quick talk with the boys, draws up a play, and I mean, maybe a minute after they set up Cole Caulfield to score a beautiful goal from very, very, very close, very close to DeSmith, a little bit below the dot. We all saw it. We were all excited. I'm sure we all got a little too loud. Uh, for what time it was. But anyway, forces OT and none other than Kirby Doc. Only, well, not only, but on a power play, nonetheless, thanks to Jeff Petrie. But almost at the end of time of overtime, about three minutes or so in, two minutes, 33 minutes in, uh, Kirby Doc puts it away and it's icing on the cake. What better person than Kirby Doc to close our game against the Penguins, uh, because Kirby Doc has been playing phenomenal as of late. Also, Sean Monahan gets a, an assist off of that as well. Um, sorry, God, this cat, Jesus, stop, please. Um, so this cat's got me a little distracted anyway, but uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed that game. I think it was uh, bittersweet, but like a great win for us against a team that if plays well, stouted to be something lethal this year. They have a lot to prove and a lot to improve on from last season. If injuries didn't happen, I think they would have went a lot further than they did in the playoffs. Uh, one more thing before we get Richie on here as he's setting up his mic and stuff like that. Uh, I thought this was funny. Arbor Jack, I also had a pretty decent night. I think he got a penalty against him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see. Yeah, actually, two penalties against Arbor Jack, I. Uh, three hits, one block. Kid played, I mean, a second shy of 16 minutes. Uh, it's a big game for him. Caden Gooley, I should have, I should have mentioned this. 24, almost 25 minutes of game, the most on the team. He had a minute to almost two minutes on the power play, and almost three minutes shorthanded. Definitely a uh, a difference maker out there. I don't see this kid losing his spot i think it's against jordan harris and arbor jackeye to see who takes that last spot when either matheson or edmondson return but uh before we leave and we go to our guest arbor jackeye saw something funny today i'm sure you guys have seen this by the time you listen uh he had he was in talks with the media and mentioned that the new locker room nickname for jackeye which you know i've seen a lot on 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 Twitter talking about what would you nickname this kid? You know, like you seen Jack hammer and stuff like that, but, um, Wi-Fi, And I thought that shit was hilarious. 
uh, because he quoted that the boy said it's his last name is kind of what what you would type in as as your Wi-Fi password so no one can get it. Um, I'm sure they, everyone got a good laugh out of that. I think that's a great fucking nickname, especially it seems like a quirky nickname for a kid that just throws the body, throws the weight um and is is massive six four kid so uh, i'm happy that we have someone stocky like that again um i want him to be everything and more better than brandon prust um but yeah so let's let's get to our guest this episode is brought to you by our grateful sponsors over at DraftKings. We're the grateful ones. Uh, hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you are in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. I mean, it says cover the matchups. You know, they want to hear about the fucking matchups. So uh, let's just say this. Like, look. You guys are listening. We're Habs fans. About to have Richie on. We won't bring it up to him. But let's just say it. The Canadians, I think the Canadians have a great shot of beating the Coyotes. Their one win was against the Maple Leafs, but I don't see that coming around that, how do I say it, that quickly? I don't know. Um, I think we have the odds against them, especially with this young decor that, you know, people were saying has a total of 14 games played before the season started. I think it's a little bit better than that now. But a couple of great games to look at for Wednesday, uh, Colorado versus Winnipeg. Colorado, uh, I think, has the the better outcome for that. Same thing with St. Louis versus Seattle. I think St. Louis is going to take Seattle the distance. Um, I think a pretty tough one, Philly versus Florida. Florida seems to be struggling out the gate a little bit. Philly seems to have a bit of an edge. Maybe they're fighting, uh, <laughs> they're putting up a fight, you know, uh, in in a opposition of John Tortorella Thursday for you guys um Boston over Anaheim Boston you know who I thought was going to be a tough team to um I don't know to put stuff on the board before you know uh McAvoy comes back and Brad Marchand but Anaheim seems to be struggling a little bit it's putting up points but uh not getting the job done uh the Rangers versus San Jose I think that's another good one uh obviously the Rangers over the Still finding their bearings, San Jose Sharks. Oh, another great one. Calgary versus Buffalo on Thursday. Maybe Washington over Ottawa. I think that one could be a little tough, but Calgary over Buffalo for sure. Watch me get all of these wrongs. I hope you guys don't bet based off of uh, what I tell you. But anyway, uh, if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win. How many goals will be scored and more? It's your shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN, like the Hockey Podcast Network, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sport an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, folks, we are joined by our guest, the person who's going to save this episode from uh, dramatic pauses and uh, just ignorance because it's just me today. Uh, but we have Richie Flores, Richie Suave, a sporty with Richie and Corey. Um, I think it's like they're his at least fourth 
uh, episode with us, special guesting. He's got to be close to like the longest term guest other than me before I came on. But uh, Richie, how are you, buddy? Hey, Benders, nice to nice to be on with you again, my friend. Last time you and I talked was um, during the draft lottery. Mm. And the Great Canadians, <laughs> yeah, the Canadians ended up getting that first overall pick. Coyotes ended up picking third. And so, uh, yeah, it's always awesome to uh, to talk with you, my friend. I feel like we don't do it nearly as often as we should. No, we don't, and that's unfortunate. Um, that was a wild night, though. We made a little money, and um, pretty eventful fucking draft, uh, at least for the Montreal Canadiens. But, I mean, that was, that, that was a good one to be a part of. Uh, but, man, dude, always good to talk to you, but I'm so glad you're here because the Canadians are playing the Arizona Coyotes – on Thursday, so a day after recording. I guess this is like the pregame for everyone. Um, but right off the bat, you know, I'm sure people want to know, you know, how is the Coyotes playing at ASU? Well, that's a great question because we don't even know because it hasn't happened <laughs> quite yet. Like they're not – they have they're practicing at their practice mm-hmm. facility, um, which is at a different place, and so they haven't – Played a game there at uh, Mullet Arena, as it's called. Dash one. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so if that happened, the home opener for the Cavities at Mullet Arena is going to pick Jet. So when it happens, we'll find out. It should be a exciting time. I am actually hoping to do a live stream during that uh during that during that game so we'll see how that how that goes um so i can watch along with everybody else and their curiosities but uh i think everybody's super excited for it for it, for it to happen um asu just played their first game at mold arena this past week and it was an crazy experience crazy atmosphere there if you looked at if you saw the videos on twitter i didn't get a chance to go yet but i'll, I'll make it out to a game there eventually and uh yeah it's an exciting time to be a hockey fan in arizona i think Hell yeah. I must have seen because I did see um, some ASU. I thought it was the Coyotes playing, um, but I guess it was uh, ASU and it just it just hit all the feeds because it had like the Yotes stuff on the on the the ice and stuff like that as well. Um, damn, I really thought they played already. Oh, well, um, but no, I, it's I I was one of the few people that aren't like Arizona fans that was excited about this, like if I had time off during the the season and it worked during my schedule, I wanted to go so bad because I think it's like, it's like getting to go to a premiere of like a movie, like with everyone. I think it's like, it'd be like up close and personal uh, and a chance to see the game like never before being that close. I don't know. I think it's a win in my book. I think Calgary even played in like a college when they first came around. Um, so it's, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's just kind of lost to history a little bit, but, um, I'm excited. I think it's cool. Honestly, I don't, there's, there can't be a bad seat in that fucking house. So. Absolutely not. You're, you're looking at less than 5,000 attendance, um, at, for these games that the, the Kyrie's are playing because the attendance is a little bit smaller and, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how it shows up on TV. ESP plus. It's, I picked up the um, 
the game to televise it nationally. So mm-hmm. if you have uh, Hulu or ESPN Plus, watch it through their national, and uh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a lot. Of- oh yeah, actually, uh, I've been watching most of my games uh, this year through Hulu, and it's been it's been awesome. Uh, last year was a little rocky for Hulu. I feel like, uh, well, Hulu, ESPN Plus. Um, I feel like it was a little rocky for them because they, I, I didn't feel like they captured enough of them or it just wasn't what I wanted to watch as far as my games. Um, but the Canadians have been on there a lot and maybe that's due to the fact that the Canadians aren't playing uh, a single like us station game. So I guess that's better for me because I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be able to catch it on regular television anyway. Um, but yeah, so the Arizona Coyotes, you got one win on the season so far. It's early in the it's early in the year. But for us, it is a win because you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, which had to be a great feeling. Uh, I know I felt great. It was just like a second victory for us when we didn't win our game. Um, but what was that y'all's second game of the season so far when y'all did that? That was that was game number three. Game three. They've, yeah, they're starting off on this big uh, swing through the East Coast. So they've played Pittsburgh, Boston, Toronto. Obviously, Montreal is coming up, and I believe they're also going to play um, one other uh, East Coast team here coming up as well. So it's a big long road trip to start the season. And, yeah, the, the Habs are, on, are next on the list. Coming off of the pretty ridiculous win against Toronto, which – um, was one of the more fun hockey games you'll see all season for a team that's contending for the Stanley Cup and a team that is contending <laughs> for the number one overall pick. And the Coyotes ended up winning that game. And, uh, and yeah, it was one of those things that were – the Coyotes have not lost a game in regulation in Toronto in something like over a decade. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and they did it again. And they shocked the world and they got the win. It was nice to get the win early in the season because last year, I don't think win until something like 11 or 12 games into the season. Mm. To get a win this on is, is really nice. Absolutely. Icing on the cake uh, and against Toronto, nonetheless. It's just, I don't know. It just makes me so giddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I just saw the score. I had a good laugh. Um but like, what 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 caused that win? Is it like, um, I know you got some new guys in there this year. I mean, y'all's draft y'all drafted really well, but I'm sure it's not. It it's just something that we'll see in the future. But is there a bunch of young guys on the team now? Is there anybody that's like been like an outlier for y'all? Yeah, it's been it's a good mix of of vets and, and younger guys on this roster. And the way they beat Toronto is they just outworked them for pretty much. I would say 45 of the 60 minutes, the Coyotes were easily the better team in that hockey game. And then the Leafs finally figured out, oh, crap, what are we doing here? We need to start <laughs> actually playing like the cup contenders we are. And they came back and, uh, and and they ended up tying the game. And then the Coyotes took the lead three to two. Toronto thought they had tied the game, but it went to review in Toronto and it got overturned. And the Coyotes ended up coming away with that win. And, uh, and it's, that's something I think I mentioned this last year, anytime I was on her show, but the Coyotes under their head coach, Andre Torini is in his second season now, like they just Mm -hmm. play hard, man. They, and which is why it's nice as a fan, because you're watching a team that is 
that is competing. So they're at least watchable. Unlike right. maybe some other teams around the league who are trying to tank and they're not watchable because they're just going through the motions where, mm-hmm. whereas this Coyotes team is competing on a nightly basis. You got a long, lot of young guys that are competing for the futures. You got some older veteran guys that are competing for um, new contracts or uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just get the right mix. You get, and you can beat a team like Toronto, right? And that's what they did. And some some good um, production from from some of the uh, kind of more unknown guys, I guess you could say, or some that you really didn't expect, right? Where uh, Shane Gostisbehere is picking up right where he left off last year. He's got five points in three games. The defenseman, formerly of the Philadelphia Flyers, he's in his second season here in Arizona. He's got five points. And then Nick Ritchie, who the Toronto Maple Leafs essentially bumped out of Toronto last year for Ilya Labushkin in that trade has mm-hmm. three goals in three games on the season. <laughs> uh, coming off the last tail end of last year, where he had something like 10 goals in 24 games. So for whatever reason, he's come to Arizona and just like let it up. He's 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 their best goal scorer over the last, you know, gosh, uh 25 games or so that he's played wow. in the Coyotes uniform. So uh if you're a Habs fan listening to this, and most of you are obviously um look out for those two guys those are your two guys to really watch for is nick ritchie and and shane gossespair um really great on the power play those two guys they've hooked up a couple of times for a couple of goals and uh yeah nick ritchie just one of those players he's a hard edge guy gets to the net and the puck has been finding a stick in an akira's uniform and it's going to the back of the net awesome i mean also i saw you guys had picked up uh zach cassian and you also got the other Edmonton Oiler um, chase on, but I think y'all relieved chase on. Uh, I think he came in for a PTO, but uh, that's awesome. I, lo- I love that, like, the youth empowerment is, is really happening for y'all. Um, and it's like a new beginning for a lot of guys that come around. And I love when teams do not give, like, the underdog team, like, their time or, like, their worth. They think it's going to be an easy game. And, like, you're saying, like, you're – the boys are playing really hard and they catch people off guard when they think it's going to be a quick night or a, an easier night. Yeah. And they even, even going back to the game against the, the Boston Bruins, um, I didn't get a chance to watch much of that game, but they were down in that game too, came back and tied the game in the third period. And that game was three, three before the Bruins kind of blew the doors off the, off the, out of the water. And, and they ended up winning that game, I believe, like six to three or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, they're coming in, they're competing, and that's all we could ask for as Coyotes fans. Absolutely, and I don't mean I don't mean to talk about them for a second, but um, a little crazy. I, I didn't think that um, I didn't think that Boston would would come out as I guess successful as they've been. Um, and I know it's early on, but. I was thinking you lose Charlie McAvoy, who could have easily won the Norris last year, or at least was was close in, in contention, um, and then losing Brad Marchand. I feel like the team should have been in shambles, and I know only two people don't make like two people don't make an entire team, but just the way that Boston was last year, I feel like that would have just spiraled them out of uh, out of anything for a while. But uh, apparently, they've been coming out swinging, so. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like you said, though, they also, you know, like yeah, they, they also turned gave it up, on. They gave up seven goals in, in their last <laughs> game. 
um i don't remember who they were playing exactly but yeah they gave up seven seven goals in that game so. yeah <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a struggle fest for them right um i think i saw the other day it was like pasta day and of course you know boston's gonna make it about david Pasternak. i don't know if that was against y'all or not but um it just seems like they're just like they're either really good or they're really bad and then they're like holy fuck like we have to figure out a way to win and then win uh they, They've been a little crazy, uh, <laughs> but uh, I thought Corey popped in for a second. Maybe that was a glitch in the matrix, but um, so a guy that's no longer part of the team, Phil Kessel, um, I guess just as an Arizona fan, how do you feel about losing uh, Phil Kessel? Did it pave way for, you know, some of these younger guys that you were bringing up uh, to get a, a great start or a great chance to, to be a part of this team? Is it, you know, I uh, could do without him. Is it, you know, bittersweet? Yeah, I, he he served his time here. He's perfectly fine. And, I, and the team underperformed, obviously, but I don't have any hard feelings against Phil Castle at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's not his fault that the team was in a transition type of period while he was here. So, Good luck to him in, in Vegas. Uh, that Vegas team is not doing too well to start the season either. No. So, uh, <laughs> um, um, despite stealing Bruce Cassidy from the Bruins, basically. Um, yeah. I think Vegas is what, on their fourth head coach in like six years. Yeah. And they're just running through um, top tier players that they've given everything up for. So, um, I think they said it on Spit and Chicklets. Like, they're like, they're like the perfect example of Vegas in itself, like just betting on, you know, just winning now type of mentality or just letting the dice roll. Um, it's been kind of fucking crazy. Just how do you want to be a part of an organization like that? If you make your money, you make your money. But if you're like a young kid, like I'd have to be a little nervous. I'm either getting drafted by this team that has potential and then getting dealt or I'm coming in and this team's completely off their rockers because they've dealt everything. They've gotten rid of everyone. There's no stability there. And it's, it's a little, it's a little alarming. I mean, I'm happy for it. Cause I'm not a big golden Knights guy at all. Most Coyotes fans aren't. So right. And it's anytime they fail, it's really funny to me. And yeah, so, y'all got kicked out of uh Pacific, right. To, yeah. to pave way for them. And now you're in the hard hitting central division. <laughs> Which I, I to like get into that for just a second. Like, yeah, I'm actually really happy about this in a way because, and I, Corey and I have talked about this on our show from time to time. Which is the Pacific Division has really started to get a lot younger, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some teams that are going to be good um, coming out of that division sooner rather than later. Like I think Seattle, they've struggled out that gate, but they're going to be good several years down the road as they continue to build right. their system up, right? Um, which was a little bit different than obviously what Vegas did. And then you look at like Anaheim, how many great young players they have coming up, right? Yeah. Are you seeing are you seeing obviously Zegers and Troy Terry, right? Uh tear it up at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. And then I think Los Angeles has some really great young players coming along too. So in a way I'm happy the Coyotes are out of the Pacific division because I feel like there's a lot of talent there. Then the next three or four years is really going to start to, to show its fruits. Whereas in the central division, it's the complete opposite where a lot of those teams are a little bit older. 
They have guys that aren't are starting to age out. And there's not really any teams in the central division that I feel like are building towards something like the Coyotes are, right? Yeah. Look at because you look at your central division teams that are normally the teams at the top of the list, right? You look at your Nashville Predators who are kind of, I feel like in limbo, like they're not. They're not bad, but they're not great. They're just kind of hanging around there. Roman Yossi's not getting any younger, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you look at a team like Chicago, who is <laughs> pretty much tanking at this point, right? I mean, I don't know what really is going on with them. Uh, same thing with Winnipeg. They can't really figure their shit out right now. Um, Minnesota has Kirill Kaprizov, but they've never really won anything in Minnesota. So I'm not really too concerned about them. Dallas. Same same issues as net like Nashville, Winnipeg. They're just kind of around, hanging around. They're not really an elite team. The elite team in the division is called, and they're going to be good for a long time. So, I think Coyotes are set up better in the central division than like in my opinion, right, which is kind of crazy to say. But it's it it's crazy for me as well because you know, um. When we started off fucking four seasons ago, I was in, you know, I was a central division person and, um, you know, I, I guess that's like the closest to my home. So I, I watch a lot of central division games and it used to be, you know, like it used to be heavy hitting and, and like the up and coming, uh, division. And now it's like senior hockey. Um, you know, like, like you were saying, like Nashville, Nashville's doing good. Um, but like everyone's phasing out, everyone's retiring. Um, the stars have like one solid line and they're being choked by two players, uh, their big ass contracts, you know, and they, they have to wait for them to close out. Uh, Winnipeg's in shambles. Chicago, Chicago is Chicago. Uh, <laughs> it's St. Louis is, is at the top, you know, with, but I, I feel like even for them, that's fleeting. Like this division is like a lot of the older guys and it's, it's like a wellness club almost. So, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So the coyotes, like you're saying, like they're, they're in the best possible position because as these teams are like still hanging on to like, they're gripping on to the, the thoughts of the past, you know, whereas, whereas, you know, the coyotes are, have been drafting, They've been bringing up their young guys. So the future is present with them, whereas everyone else is still just thinking about the yesteryears. And are we really close enough to be in contention again? Like, is it one person away from that? Or are we? do we need a rebuild? And I think your closest, closest group to a rebuild would be like Chicago, but they're like too brain dead. Like they're spiraling too hard to get it together. So you you've got like a good three years on Chicago because they got to get rid of like their next four first overall draft, you know, I mean, first round draft picks before, you know, I guess the bad karma they have, you know, kept, you know, like kind of evens out with them in the watch, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think you guys made a great move. I know at first uh, I was, I was kidding with y'all. I was like, yeah, we'll bake y'all a cake for joining this division. And and now it's just like you, you might, you guys might be the, the most promising out of the central come soon. So uh, kudos for y'all. And I think it, I think it honestly came from the tough fight in the Pacific and just, y'all just happened to be like, 
starting the rebuild when you came over. So it's like perfect. It's perfect timing for y'all. It is perfect timing. Exactly. I, I, I am a fan of that. After being very angry that the Kraken and the Knights kicked the Coyotes out of the Pacific Division for travel purposes, um, I, I, <laughs> it will be good eventually. But maybe that's just like the optimist to me that just wants it to work out. You know what? It's going to be nice when you see yourself on top of a division. You know what I'm saying? And Ain't that like, the truth? <laughs> like you said about the Pacific, they're all rebuilding. Like it seemed like when Vegas came in, other than Vegas, everyone was like right on the cusp of being like, yeah, we need to rebuild. And you guys just kind of, because of, you know, turmoils and shit like that, you guys are were ahead of the time. And now you go into a division that is just stalemating, you know, watching reruns on fucking TV land. Uh, <laughs> so, so great, great, great for y'all. But let's move the subject before uh, all my Southern friends get upset with me. But uh, so tomorrow, October 20th, we, we talked about it a little bit on our last episode. Um, and Mason brought up that obviously we're talking reverse retros. Uh, he said he didn't think the shit was real because there's been no publicity about it. There's only been leaks, but all those even real uh, today, I saw the retro reverse retro commercials and ads just start blowing up everywhere. And um, I'm excited uh, whether we have a good one or not. I think that the blue ones the the regular blue ones were unreal. And if it wasn't due to no money and COVID and being, um, in rehab for my back for the entire year, I should have bought one. I should have found a way to buy one, maybe cut a couple of coupons or something, but, um, retros reverse retros back. I think it was exciting. There was nothing else to talk about during COVID. So we were all jumping on it, but this is honestly with Adidas, not, uh, I think they're not resigning or the NHL doesn't want to resign with, uh, with Adidas. This is like their final, like goodbye to us and their, uh, lackluster jerseys that I will definitely buy one more of. Um, but Richie, how are you feeling about it? I know you said that there's a possible leak of y'all's. I'm about to open this link and see it for the first time, but how do you feel about y'all's Jersey? Uh, it, I think it looks really cool. I am, Still wanting to see what it looks like on the ice. And I mm -hmm. still want to see what it looks like with an actual player variant because the leak that came out, it's the last 10 degrees. You can't really get the full gist of the colors. And it's going to be really tough to describe uh, just through um, audio, but I'll do my best. So for those of you that remember the previous Coyotes reverse retro jersey, it was purple <laughs> with some green on the bottom. It was based off of their... Um, green alternates from the late 90s and they're doing something similar here with this this year's version however they're switching colors and what they're doing is the main color is now this kind of sandish orange type color that is a little bit more desert-y kind of it feels a lot more Arizona in my opinion than purple does even though I love the color purple and I still miss the purple Diamondbacks era and I love the purple reverse retro this one, I, I described this version of the jersey, again, orange with um, a little bit more black accents on the bottom and a little bit more um, kind of Sonoran sand red, remind, reminiscent of the Arizona, Sedona, Arizona Red Rocks. Um, it's more, it's like if the way I described it is if an Arizona sunset was a hockey jersey, 
that's what it would be like that's what it reminds you of i think that's really cool i think that's what the reverse retro kind of is supposed to be in a way is is kind of how the nba has their city edition jerseys which are kind of an ode to the city for every team that's kind of what this is to me it's it's it, it, it feels like a lot more like Arizona than the purple one did. But again, I'll get a better look at it um, once we actually get the full reveal and we see a player wearing it and we see it on ice and see how it looks. But from, from what I've seen, I actually do like this orange one better than the purple one. I'm glad you say that because like I'm, I'm looking at it for the first time as you're describing it. Um, yeah, it looks uh, – I'm – favorite color is orange, so this is right up my alley. Um I did like the – I wasn't the biggest fan of the purple one. Um, I just thought that it was – I don't know. I, I I felt it was like – it was so 90s. But it, it was like the, the epitome of like the reverse retro. Like it felt like it was straight from back in the day, and that's what the epitome of this whole thing was supposed to be. Um, it just had like that kid it, – it had like the early internet feel to it. And uh, – is very reminiscent of that. This one I love. I mean, it just looks like barren, dry clay. It's like the main color and like a, you know, like a darker terracotta almost. And it's, it's pretty. I fucking actually like it. I would buy this one. I'm not the biggest fan of the Kachina look. Um, I, I liked it back in the day. I, I mean, I will die on this hill. I still love the desert dog when that y'all just got rid of. I was actually hoping that because they went back to the Kachina, they would bring the reverse retro would now have the desert dog on it. I would fucking spend an, a fortune on it. Uh, but this is a sick look. It's it's rather iconic. I feel like this should be in a museum for like, I don't know, like modern art. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got like this weird graffiti-esque vibe to it and the colors are just right up my avenue it like you said um i haven't seen uh an arizona sunset but i'm gonna take your word for it it looks it looks great i'm not gonna lie yeah it's it's the most arizona jersey i've ever seen it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's Arizona desert orange. That's great. It's I, really cool. I, I yeah, I feel like they were like, what what colors should we go with? And someone just like took a picture, like went out in the desert, took a picture of like some red clay that's like really dried out, and was just like, this is it, and just used the shape, you know, like the little shadow as as the as the secondary color, and it's it's perfect. You don't see colors like this, and and that's something about the reverse retros that I like so much is that. They're like, you'll never see this color in the league. And it's like, fuck, now you will. Thank thank you, Adidas. Like, I hate your fucking jerseys. Uh, they're too tight. They don't appeal to fat people at all. But by God, are you breaking barriers on color schemes for jerseys? And, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and it, it's not like the Ducks orange, mm. right, for the, the current Anaheim Ducks alternate yeah. orange jerseys. This is a little bit more dirtier. It's like yeah, a it's, dirty... it's, it's like a creamy, like, and I don't mean creamy. I mean more like like a pastel orange. Like, yeah, it's like it's like a mix between, uh, it's a kind of darkerish version of bur- Texas burnt orange. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing God here. Here comes art theory. Uh, I'm seeing like a little bit. <laughs> adding a little bit more brown to like a, a an orange creamsicle like 
<laughs> but it, it works. It's sick. It's almost like it's almost like give me like give me like Crayola's version of what you would think wood looks like. And it was like, boom, here you go. This is it. I love it. It's fucking it's what I probably it's probably my skin tone right now with my farmer's <laughs> tan like perfection. And I know it's a little like you said, I know it's a little skewed because there is like some extra lighting on it. And honestly, I can't wait to see this kit on ice. I think it's going to look sick. I think it's going to work well in ASU as well with their beautiful red and gold color scheme. I think this will pop also. So fuck yeah. I think they nailed this one on the head. I was a little upset with the last one. I just felt like it was lacking substance. I think this one is just like chef's kiss perfection. Yeah, so far from what I've seen from Kyrie's fans is they are, they're liking it. They're liking it just as much, if not more, than the purple one. Because for one of like part of the reason why the Diamondbacks switched away from purple is because um, people just don't like buying the color purple, from what I understand. And so people, and they end up switching to red, obviously. And so that's why they kind of made that decision to switch away from purple is because purple is just not a very palatable color for most people. Right. And so I think I think this version is a little bit more palatable for most people to wear. Now, I'm probably not going to buy the jersey. Those things are way too expensive and I wear them like once a year. So mm-hmm. I'm probably I'm probably going to see what kind of merch they have and, and buy that. Yeah, like instead. a good hat, you know, like a. But yeah, I actually have I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing the purple reverse retro hat. There you which, go. Which is awesome. It's purple and it's got the salamander um alternate logo that's on the shoulder patch oh that's on the, old, on the old uh reverse retro the purple one so i'm hoping they do something similar and if they put out merch i'll probably buy that instead that's a good that's a good alternative honestly um i i really need to find a um a covid reverse retro um i don't know if you saw ours uh i haven't i've only seen like minor stuff on it and the only thing that they were able to confirm was the color scheme. Um, they're just basically making the Montreal Expos feel important and giving us like a baby blue Montreal Canadiens look. I think it's a great color scheme, but it also falls into my problem of not liking light colored jerseys just due to stains. Um, I think it's a great look, though. Yeah, this is the thing about the Canadians too, is that their jersey is so iconic and that Habs logo is mm-hmm. so iconic that you can't really change it and you can't really go back through their history and find something that is super alternative or super unique. So it's really hard to do a reverse retro concept for a team like the Canadian. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm kind of comp- going back and looking at their 2020 version and it's pretty much, the same compared to what I'm the mock-ups I'm seeing for this year. They yeah. Just, they just changed the color um, mm-hmm. to the, to the uh, Montreal Expos colors. And, um, and I, I actually am a big fan of that. Like it's more of like a powders blue, lighter yeah. blue. And I'm, I'm, I'm always a fan of the powder powder blues. Like I, the way they do it um, with the LA chargers is great. Those are some of my favorite uniforms. The, in the, the Philly, the Philly, for me, the Phillies powder blue uniform is just oh, yeah. amazing. So yes, I love the color. It's just, uh, these jerseys are so expensive. 
it, it's a tough it's it's a tough one for me but uh like you said though i'm gonna have to get like a dad hat i hope they don't come out with like a shitty you know snap back flat bill i hope they do make like a dad hat and i'll, I'll buy it it's, i have no problem on that um just money's tight in that aspect um but like you were saying though we have such an iconic you know logo and i but i feel like it's adidas is like last time they did they knocked it out of the park last time for for every team for the most part like everyone seemed to be liking some aspect of their jersey because it was unique it brought back either like nostalgia or it just was eye-catching why not if we're if we're doing if we're going so heavy with you know the expos colors and stuff like that and we're not looking into our past to find something which i get there's not a look not a lot to look for but why not I think it would have been so sick if they would have did the Montreal script for the Expos and did that and just put Montreal on the front, not the Pittsburgh down, you know, diagonally, just like a really sick, um, a really sick script that just said Montreal across the front of it. I think people would have been fucking irate. Like people would have been furious, but it would have been so unique so iconic at the same time i would have bought fucking three of them if they go with the regular jersey that's cool that's cool but uh i just feel like this is like our one time to like play with it you know it's one jersey it's never going to happen again at least for you know at least in this aspect why not just completely fuck up everything like lou lamorello get out of the room type of situation completely blow up the montreal canadians look Give us something unique. If we're going, if we're going expos, give us a sick fat lettered script, like bubblegum fat lettered script across the front of it. I would have, I would have died in my seat. And it would have been a one, it would have been a one-off, a tax write-off. Who gives a fuck? It's one time. But it would have been something so cool, so unique. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And uh I was just kind of looking at. Uh, the Montreal Expos Montreal script that they mm-hmm. had on their like um, road jerseys. And that would have looked, I think that would have looked really cool as like a, as an ode to the Expos and, and keeping it all Montreal. That would have been dope. And it's funny you mentioned the uh, a script logo because there are, the Coyotes are also getting a fourth jersey. Are they really? Um, Coming up later this year, yes, and uh, and it is rumored, it is rumored that it is going to be a script Ooh. jersey. Um, we don't really know much else about it. There, it's rumored to be maroon in color, um, and and we don't know if that's like closer to kind of the ASU maroon, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm or more the kind of red of the previous Coyotes yeah. jerseys. But yes, yeah, so I think script logos are now are now in in the NHL um, after it's really hard to do a good script logo right in the NHL, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm, I think it's kind of funny that you mentioned the script logo because the Coyotes are probably going to get one later this year. Well, I hope they do, dude. Um, and, you know, like I'm not I'm not like the biggest like MLB guy anymore but like i i love playing baseball growing up and that was like iconic like you had to have script on new jersey especially in like the 90s it was it was like the biggest fucking thing in the world like it was just, it just looks classy um 
and I know I'm probably fucking this up. It's got to be someone closer than that. But like the last one I can remember in the NHL was Calgary's uh, black. It was like more of a predominantly black jersey that had the, well, it was red. No, it was a red jersey, but the script was black and yellow, which I thought was like a cool, a cool difference. Like to throw black script out there with just like the yellow accents. I think that's what it was, but I don't, think there's a script one anymore i know minnesota had one for a while um maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just completely fucking wrong but you don't see script anymore i feel like the canadians really lost out of the chance of doing something completely cutting edge that was just a one-off you'd never fucking see it again so it didn't matter but i hope arizona gets one script is sick um and you never use it after high school really so why not make it worthwhile <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I literally sign my name wrong in script every day because it just feels more natural to do uh, the R E together instead of making another swirl. Um, and I guess that's why everyone thinks my name is uh, like C O R Y. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, well, man, look, I've, I've taken a lot of your time. I know you said you weren't too busy today but i don't want it to go too far out of comfort i figure let's close it out um if Corey was here we talked blink 182 and how she was able to afford a ticket and i can't thank you um low paying jobs um but before we get out um i don't get to talk a lot about it with mason because i'm a bit embarrassed with my team uh but the premier league i know you're a big supporter of, uh, of of soccer or football, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But uh, I don't want to bring up my team anymore on this show because Mason plays soccer or football, however you want to pronounce it. And he has been shitting on Leicester City every time I bring it up. I know I'm upset as well. But a chance to talk uh, football slash soccer with someone that's not going to shit on me too hard. Uh, I'm excited for this. How How's your team? So uh, I, I am a Liverpool supporter. I joined the bandwagon about a year ago or so uh, after I've, we have a local team here in Phoenix, part of the uh, USL uh, called the Phoenix, Phoenix Rising. And so I kind of oh, got into sick. soccer, gone through soccer through them. They were one of the best teams in that league for a couple of years running there. Had a chance at a championship and COVID took it away, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but uh, so through that, can't kind of got more into soccer. And then last year I was like, dude, I need to find a freaking Premier League team to join and become a fan of because it's the biggest soccer league in the world. And it just so happens that several of my friends are Liverpool fans. And so they were like, Richie, just become a Liverpool fan like the rest of us. And so I'm a Liverpool supporter. And, uh, and it just so happened they play an exciting brand of football. I love their manager, Jurgen Klopp. He's one of the one of the biggest <laughs> characters in world football, in my opinion. He's really, really, he's a really, really good manager. Liverpool has one of the best players in the world in Mo Salah. He's so much fun to watch. And, um, and yeah, you know, what's funny is I, I said this last year and it's kind of similar this year, which is I, because last year I couldn't watch Coyotes games because they essentially were blacked out for a lot of fans here in Phoenix because of the local TV rules. Are you serious? 100% serious. That is disgusting. It sucked. 
Um, luckily that's now changed. They actually have like a subscription based service now mm-hmm. that I'm paying for. So I can watch the Coyotes and the Phoenix Suns. Um, so like last year I was watching more premier league soccer than I was NHL or NBA, which is insane. <laughs> uh, like I would watch a random match between, uh, I was watching, I was watching Nottingham forest play. I don't even remember who they were playing yesterday. Um, and I was watching that match. It was nil-nil. And it was one of the <laughs> most boring matches I'll ever watch in my life. But I watched more of that than I do most regular season hockey. So I've become a big Premier League fan. I think it's the best league in the entire world, top to bottom. And it's not really any close. I think the way they do the league, which is they have 20 teams. You play everybody twice, home and home, 38-game schedule, and – there is no playoffs and whoever has the most points in that 38 games wins the championship. And that's the best model in the world by far. And it creates so much exciting soccer throughout the year um, that uh, it's, it's the best league in the world. Even though for me being a West coast fan, I got to wake up early sometimes to watch games. I've still, I've fallen in love with it. So uh, I'm glad you uh, brought the premier league up because uh, it's become a new favorite passion of mine. No, I absolutely. I feel that man so much. Um, during rehab, that's, I got really addicted into FIFA. Um, and it, it was fun because it was just something else to watch. Um, not so much now. Leicester city is in dead last. They have five points out of their 10 games they've played. It's, it's really tough. Um, we lost like terribly to like a, I think it was Nottingham forest, uh, who's who's right above us at 19. But um, Liverpool sitting at seventh. I mean, they, they're looking great. Um, I just really, I really hate how much of a difference um, losing Schmeichel has been for Leicester City and, and what a goal, what a goalkeeper really means to a team in the Premier League. And there's nothing against, uh, I think his name, I, I I think his first name is Derek, but uh, we'll call him Derek. Derek Ward, um, tremendous player, but definitely is not a true starter. And we have been getting our shit kicked, and it scares me. Like you're saying, though, why it's the the great the greatest league in in all of sports is that we're probably gonna get fucking set down to uh to the Champions League, um, and it is it is gut wrenching. <laughs> I am so I'm so nervous for it, and I'm still like pretty much like you like you yourself uh, is a new fan to it, and I'm just like oh man I've I've fallen in love with this great team, and now like my all of my favorite teams is just just completely hung out to dry, turned into shit. It's like I have at least I could have I had something positive to watch, and now I'm looking at the moral victories like every other team now. So it's, uh, it's been tough. Can you imagine, I've had conversations with people about this before too, which is, can you imagine if relegation existed in North American professional sports? It would, honestly, it would be so cool because like, I think, how, how do I put this? Like, so like, you know, New Orleans has the Saints and shit like that and they have the Pelicans, but there's so many, there's so many places in the U S and Canada that don't have teams. And I feel like if we had a relegation system, it would open up for all these other top, you know, like really 
big areas to have eat that much more teams because there's that chance, you know, like, yeah, like some guys are going to start in like, you know, the equivalent of the champions league. And, you know, as they get better, they'll move up and people will swap in and out. There, there's something so refreshing about when you're good, you're in the top of it. And when you're bad, you get forced back to the bottom and it's a chance for you to rebuild. Um, I don't know, man. It, there's something so cool about that concept. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't understand it. That was something that took me a while to realize um, was that this like what? There's four leagues that are within like the English, the English, you know, thing with the premier being the top. And then, fuck, I forgot the the bottom ones like uh, something. Yeah, it's, uh, cha- it's the championship. And mm-hmm. then they have League One, League Two. League One, League Two. Yeah. So my below that. Mm-hmm. Fleetwood Towns in League One. Thank God. Uh, well, like, just imagine that, like how many other places in the U S and Canada. And I mean, I wouldn't say Mexico because they would just dominate us. So they'd have to do their own setup, but, uh, just North America alone, there'd be so many places where any type of sport they could have, they could have a team and, you know, there's something, there's something so positive about that. Like just being diehard, it, your team doesn't even have to be that fucking good, but to, to have, to have a team, they're talking about building um, a MLS, you know, a farm team down here. Um, honestly, I don't know where the fuck they're going to put them. Um, but I was upset. I'm like, it should be the MLS. If anything, uh, I think, I think that would be a great start for us, but could we would we even support them probably fucking not and that's unfortunate but i think it's cool that if there was relegation you'd have places like new orleans and, and you know like you don't see any alabamas other than fucking you know college football but like alabama could have something you know like there's just so many like little hotbeds that deserve shit that just doesn't don't have anything and yeah, that, that would like, be that, that would open it up to them and that's kind of what happens in the Premier League too. Where you'll see your seventy thousand seat stadiums, like you get at Man City and Liverpool mm-hmm. and Man United. And then on the other side of it, you'll have your Nottingham Forest, where they're playing in a twenty-five thousand seat stadium in a much smaller city in a much smaller town. But the passion of the fans is still there, and that would be something that would be really cool to have in professional sports here. However, it's never going to happen because. <laughs> of all the owners are way too scared to lose money playing Absolutely. in a lower league. Um, it's never going to happen, but Hey, one can dream, right? One can dream. <laughs> Absolutely. Like just not being misogynistic, but like, dude, just grow some. And like, it's like, it's like the biggest risk. It's like the risk reward. It's you're playing fantasy with your money, you know, and, and your team. And I, and I get it. Who's going to want to really make that chance. But like, Look how fucking fun and popular it is for like, you know, for the Premier League and their in their smaller systems. It's so fucking cool. And I, I don't care what it is. Like if 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 they did it with soccer here or they did it with like lacrosse, like I feel like whatever, whatever league decides to start down here and do relegation, it's gonna fucking blow up because it, it just adds that much more risk and reward to the games. So Hopefully we, I don't don't give a fuck. It could be like field hockey, you know, like it could be something that like, we don't have high lie. I don't care. Like something like completely just wild. If they did it, maybe it would show everyone else in the U S and it would get, it would draw that much more attraction to see it. But 
Anyway, yeah. dude, Richie, can I ask you one more question? Yeah, yeah, yeah about absolutely. soccer, real quick. And absolutely. Then we can wrap up here. Are you excited for the World Cup? Yeah, actually. So this is so when I first started working in the city at the ripe age of 21, 22, somewhere around there, um, I I started working on Decatur Street. And the World Cup happened like my second week is when like all of the stuff really started happening. And it was like my first time really watching soccer since like playing it as a kid. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. I haven't really been I hadn't followed like a world sport other than, you know, like when the NHL was in the Olympics. Nothing really captivated me like like watching, I guess that would have been the either. What was it? I want to say like 2013, 2014 World Cup, whatever one. Oh, yeah. There. One, yeah. Uh, I forget where that was. It was, was. like oh, it was okay. like Germany versus Brazil was the was the yeah. final, if I'm not mistaken. But like that was like my that was like my new reintroduction to soccer or football. And it was amazing. Like the bar was fucking packed. I was, you know, a young ass kid in college. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm making so much money. This is what it's like to work in in. in you know, in New Orleans at a sports bar. This is fucking fantastic. <laughs> but no, I'm excited. I, uh, I I just hope that this new era of like streaming services and shit, it is that much more accessible um, because I'm, I'm ready to watch. Everything. The good news is everything, as far as I know, is going to be available on either uh, the local Fox station or like Fox Sports 1. Awesome. I think that's... The- those are the two, and Fox Sports 2, maybe, for some additional. Well, we have SS1, so <laughs> I think we're good. Yes, <laughs> we're going to pray yes. on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's that's starting next month. We're like a month away. Which oh, is sick. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, and then, I, I hate that we're not getting a lot of coverage for it. Maybe that's just in New Orleans, you know. Uh, you know, maybe if I'm, like, in a more, like, soccer-bedded place, there would be more, but Yeah, it's, awesome. we're getting there. We're getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. I think it'll start to ramp up over, over the next couple of weeks. They actually are moving it. Usually, it takes place over the summer, mm-hmm. um, in the in July, but they had to move it to November this year because they're playing it in Qatar, which in the summer it gets upwards of you know 120 degrees in the summer. So like we can't hold the ultimate athlete. Like <laughs> yeah, we can't hold an international tournament in the summer. So they moved it to November. Uh, and it starts, yeah, it starts next month. U.S. U.S. is playing um, England on, I believe, either on Thanksgiving or on Black Friday or that week of. And it's going to be the biggest fucking match. That like, is ever. awesome. Like, everybody's going to tune in to watch that match. And luckily, you don't have to wake up early for it. I believe the start time is like 2 o'clock Eastern. So it's perfect. That is perfect because the few Saturdays that I'm off, I'm like getting up at like 9 in the morning and I'm day drinking and I have – chores on top of chores to do after this game that i cry about it's just like fuck why did i even wake up for this but i have to watch this team you know um but no that's awesome in the middle of the day and this year the saints have been so shit the last two seasons that we do not have a thanksgiving game and by god am i happy that means i can watch this shit i can enjoy myself this is going to be great so I'm so happy that you brought this up. I have to, I'm going to have to schedule it in, in my phone yes, to give me an that. alert. So, side note, the Saints are actually playing right across the street from me on Thursday Night Football. I live right across Fantastic. the street from the, from the Cardinals stadium. Fantastic. I hope the Cardinals fucking run them. I'm, 
<laughs> I hope they run them, dude. Like the one Monday game is against the Ravens, which is my favorite team. And the Ravens have been bad, but I hope that the Ravens run them in their own, run them in the Saints fucking building. <laughs> Something about working for this team just kills me sometimes. I I, I can't ever go to any hockey uh, because of the Saints. So, and then after the Saints, it's the Pelicans. So then my hatred turns to them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, go Suns. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> even though this team's supposed to be ramped up this year. Um, but anyway, Richie, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, this episode actually went way longer than I expected it to. I thought it would be like just a saving grace, 30 minutes. Uh, and I have some editing to do ahead of me. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Unfortunately, Mason wasn't able to join and Corey could have joined just to throw a dig at Mason and then got out of here. Uh, just to keep the rivalry going, but I think it's still there. So, uh, Richie, if you have anything else to say before you leave, you want to promote uh, Sporty with Richie and Corey, go ahead. If you want to just amp up your love for Liverpool, go ahead. Cardinals, you name it. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Corey and Richie Show. Uh, you can follow me on our, at rflores91. Uh, Geez, this is pressure. I don't know what to say. This is like winning an award at the Academy Awards and you just have the speech, but you don't know what to say. But uh, anyway, yeah, enjoy the game tomorrow, everybody. Or I guess on Thursday, because that's when it's coming out. So enjoy Habs Coyotes. The Habs are favorites in that game. I think the Canadians will probably win. They should win. Um, but we'll see how it goes. It should be a fun game nonetheless. Appreciate you having me on, Benders. Always a pleasure talking to you. We can keep doing this for three hours. I'd be 100% cool with it. I know. We need to do another live episode. Uh, that way we make even more money just shooting the shit um, and interacting. But, man, thank you so much. What a lifesaver. Um, I have friends from season one, so this has been perfect. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, buddy. No problem, man. I want to thank Richie for coming on the podcast. Uh, I went a little off the rails, but shit, if it's a Bayou Benders presents Habs nightly night, uh, it's kind of expected. My cat Tron is sleeping on the couch now instead of in front of my uh, mouse and keyboard. So I'm getting tired as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Habs nightly. Uh, I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you guys listening. We have a spike and, um, and likes and follows and listens have been up and it's just the beginning of the season. And it just really means the world to me because I'm from a shitty little town outside of new Orleans that has nothing to do with hockey. And I have no one to talk hockey with. And I just, even though I don't get to talk to y'all, you just get to listen to me. It means the world to me, but please, if you are on Twitter, give us a like, give us a follow interact with us uh and that's at Habs nightly and myself at bayou benders if you guys have anything to say to us uh if you want to do like a voicemail a voice memo we can put you guys or at least your question on air and that's at www.speakspeakpipe.com forward slash Habs nightly also if you want to leave us an email i feel like that's a little bit easier on everybody if you want to leave us an email with some questions or comments that is Habs nightly all one word at gmail.com um please like and subscribe you guys have been terrific and um pretty soon we have some new stuff to unveil for you guys we have a uh a new concept look it'll be i guess like Habs nightly's alternate 
uh, logos and stuff like that. So we'll be updating the merch soon. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. And once again, this has been Habs Nightly. I'm your co-host, Corey, and Tron Cat, the cat. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.